This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Welcome to a very important moment in history. I have assembled with me the top experts in the UFO field here on June 5th, 2023 at the last day of Contact in the Desert where news broke this morning about a whistleblower revealing secrets, now not secrets, that there's crash retrievals in the possession of the U.S. government and he has come out due to a new law to allows whistleblowers to break their NDAs and this is historic. The um, Jonathan Gray, who, no, but Jonathan Gray. Jonathan Gray, who is the, who is Jonathan uh, Gray here? Um, Jonathan Gray, I'm going to edit this. Um, says that, um, oh here, Jonathan Gray, the Generational Officer of the United States Intelligence Community and National Air, Air and Space Intelligence says, we are not alone. That's an official statement by Jonathan Gray. Steve, Steve Bassett, sure. you've been following this story sure. for 30 years as a Washington lobbyist in UFOs. What is the implication of Gersh and Gray, and the fact that this has finally come out. Thanks to my uh, following this and, 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 and being closely following the media on this for some time, I, uh, here's, my sense is this, that we uh, there have been developments across uh, all government and in media uh, that have been happening for the last five years, heading eventually toward resolution of this issue. But it's slow because they're trying to do it with all the bells and whistles and everything. Setting up Arrow was difficult, and it's a slow process. Meanwhile, the witnesses who have been waiting to testify uh, in front of these hearings for, for years essentially just got uh, impatient. Uh, they just felt it was too slow, and, and so essentially they went rogue. And so while there have been a number of witnesses already interviewed by Arrow, and I assume they would also be interviewed by the uh, Intelligence Committee or Armed Forces Commi Armed Services Committee staff. These gentlemen went straight, I think, to the Intel Committee and said, we want to talk to you. We're not going to wait for Arrow to get more funded or anything else. And uh, they, and that's fine. They also got permission from the DOD to do this, which means the DOD basically was willing to accelerate this process because it knows, as the Congress knows, that any more delay in this is not going to work. The public is now so aware and so geared up, they are not going to wait for the bureaucratic procedures to grind on indefinitely. And we need to get this done before the, 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 uh, the uh, uh, election uh, starts. And so what Gro did was just pop the balloon. Uh, and he did more than that. He, he, he referred to non-human intelligence, and there's now been several referrals to uh, we are not alone. These are formally taboo subjects. You can't, I can't taboo phrases. You can't use them. And so now the problem is that Congress has got to catch up. Meanwhile, the White House is watching all this and knowing what are we going to do? Because the plan was to have hearings, worldwide testimony, people all excited, and then it comes to the president, makes a decision, yes, they're not alone. We're not alone, but that's not what's happening. And so on the White House's side, do we act now 
do we ask the hearings to be accelerated get these people in 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 in, in, uh, in, in front of uh, under oath in front of members of Congress and move it as quickly as possible because now that grow has broken the ice any number of other witnesses may come forward the other thing I will add is that we knew that nuclear weapons tampering witnesses had been interviewed we knew that uh, some time ago, and that includes Bob Salas and others. These are men, officers that were present when the craft came down, hovered over our ICBM facilities, turned off all the missiles. Very rude. We knew that, but what we've recently learned is they we they had witnesses to, and this is the big one, re-engineering of crash vehicles. That is even bigger, and. Now we have confirmation that, yeah, they are there, and he is one of those. He didn't come forward with, I'm aware that our missiles were turned off. He came something forward with something even more heavy, and that is, I am fully aware we have been re-engineering ET technology or non-human intelligence technology for years with a great deal of money. That's big. That's as big as it gets. And so I don't know how th fast things are going now, but I'm getting my champagne in. I'm ordering pizza because I'm going to be, I expect to be celebrating disclosure pretty soon. And just to add, because yeah. Yeah. there were three very vital words today that we have never seen before. Craft non-human origin. This is the very first time that has been stated yeah. from an official. Well, as Richard Dolan wrote the book after disclosure, are we in the post-disclosure age and it fits your vision of what will happen and also what rolls out from here, Richard? It, it is fascinating, I have to say, I, and I wasn't expecting this to happen today. I'm just going <laughs> to fully uh, say that. Um, you know, we, uh, Bryce Zabel and I wrote After Disclosure 13 years ago, and um, our vision, this is in 2010, was that disclosure would happen like an avalanche. Mm -hmm. So like some big thing would happen, a leak would occur, and uh, it would become obvious that UFOs were real, and shoom, everything would just come crashing down. And you know, in 2017, that did not happen. Right. So instead, you had a major revelation that ATIP existed, the Tic Tac existed, and it felt like disclosure at the time, but, but then things just kind of stalled. And I think what ended up happening, what was different from our original vision is that, um, I feel anyway, there was greater centralized control over the media, which was one thing. But I think we also underestimated the ability of the establishment, if we could say that, to maintain narrative control over this. Mm. So it was very obvious. And I think what, <clears throat> what I would say now is that the revelations of today I, I, I have proven, at least to me, that what we have been dealing with all along is indeed a faction war. This is what I've always thought, that you have a faction within the intelligence community and the Pentagon that have favored some form of disclosure. I don't think they're favoring full disclosure. Uh, I, I think these are still very establishment types of guys, standard national security concerns, but they do believe in in some level of, of UFO openness, as opposed to the old uh, guard that had really has dominated this for decades and decades is like no disclosure whatsoever. So we're, we're seeing a battle play out, and it's playing out between, in a sense, Congress and the, and the executive branch to some extent right. also. Mm -hmm. um, what's interesting, though, is this uh, latest whistleblower, David Grush, I think his name is pronounced Grush. Yeah. Grush. Grush. He has gone, I think, farther even than, than Lou Elizondo, frankly, yeah. in, yeah. in his Wait. statements, Wait. like much farther. 
Uh, and his basic story, let's just keep this in mind, he was a member of the UAP task force from 2019 to 2021. Mm -hmm. right. So he was inside and uh, became aware of the fact that Congress was not receiving UAP data the way it, it was supposed mm -hmm. to, and he determined that this was illegally withheld from Congress. He filed a complaint in 2021 and was then subject to essentially retaliatory attacks against him as a whistleblower. Uh, which prompted him then to get attorney assistance and to fight for his rights, which he has apparently won. So this, I mean, there's just a lot going on here. But behind it all is the his claim, which he has tremendous support. Yeah. He doesn't have direct documentation, apparently, but he's got tremendous support from high-level in uh, individuals in the intel community that, yes, crash retrievals, alien bodies... He made that statement. He did. And uh, so we're going pretty far. Now, Steve and I were just looking for news mm -hmm. on this just before we started recording. Nothing apparently on the mainstream. Mm -hmm. This was recorded, uh, you know, it was on some alternative media, but mainstream, ABC, NBC, the rest, not they're not touching Isn't it anymore. ironic, though? Here we are, the last day of Contact in the Desert 2023. This mm -hmm. breaks out with a panel of experts who've looked their life for this moment in history, including J.J. Hurtog, who goes back to the 70s with J. Allen Hynek. J.J., what was your response to the news? Well, I was delighted. I think this is a great step forward in terms of a new cosmology of consciousness. I had the opportunity to work behind the scenes in crash retrievals in other countries, including uh, Dr. Hynek, uh, even some of the former astronauts like uh, Gordon Cooper, uh, I work with closely in ufology, and of course, before he died, he wrote this wonderful book called Leap of Faith. I just want to quote something, because I think it's very germane. Right. Uh, he's saying in this book, his testimony, but as I see it, our government is now trapped in a big house or box of old lies. It's going to take a lot of courage on the part of some future administration to say, quote, folks, our government has been lying to you all these years. Now we're going to come clean and tell you the real truth. And as I said, that's going to take courage, something that doesn't seem to be in surplus of in Washington these, these days, end quote. So we are here at a tremendous time of seeking, as it were, a greater harmony between the military community, the uh, intel community, and also big corporations that are sitting on a lot of data and scientific documentation that I believe will open up a portal to the future. We can see harmony and resolution of conflict as one of our great outreach programs. I'd like to make a couple more points that came to my mind. Um, first of all, it's a small thing, but it's important to me. Grosh, again, that's his name is Grosh. It's a tough mm -hmm. Okay. Grosh, Grosh, Grosh yeah. came forward. He made it clear that he felt this policy was illegal. Mm -hmm. And I think he even said immoral. All right. And at that point when he did that, he became a whistleblower. Mm. And I think that's what he thinks of himself as. And he was described that way in the article by Leslie. And that's fine. Yeah, he is a whistleblower. But I yeah. want people to understand, not all witnesses are like that. Many of the witnesses do not think the policy was immoral. They just don't like it, all right, or illegal. And they're coming forward to testify, to provide the information so the government can make a decision. But what's happening in the media is they're calling them all whistleblowers. This is a mistake. He has decided to take that position, and that is fine. The other point I want to make is this. 
this is kind of subtle political stuff, but in the last major bill uh, that was the, the language in the Senate bill was from uh, John Warner, the uh, uh, chairman of the Senate uh, Intel Committee. It was a profound piece of legislation, and it included two things in that language, in the Senate language, which were quite notable. One of them was that under that bill, if you were properly giving information within your service, within the agency, or to members of Congress, and somebody in your, your, your work world or whatever, anybody within the government was irritated by that and decided to give you a problem, mm -hmm. cause you a difficulty, because, well, you know, maybe you had the right to do it, but no, you should, whatever, doesn't matter. You, you, they would deal with that, that that was not appropriate and there would be a response to deal with it. That's interesting. But then Warner went further. He added another paragraph to it that said, if in fact somebody within your workplace, your boss or whatever, decides he's going to punish you for cooperating with Arrow or with the Senate Intel Committee, you could sue that individual personally and you could sue the government. Now. Warner knew there was no way in hell that language is going to make it through, and it didn't. In the uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the the post bill, the combination of that insanity is taken out, but it was posted up online and up on the legislative slide for months. So what Warner was doing was sending a message: Look, we have your back. We want you to come forward. All right, and we we will. We, and there's some protection, and we might even go so far as let you sue. Now, what did Warner think was going to happen? The, all these witnesses to this issue, of course, they read every word of that bill, every word of that legislation, and they read those things, and they're saying, "I just saw a green light. I just, I think now I can make my move." And so they're okay, they make their move, and they're getting worked up, but things are not moving fast enough, and they finally said, "Warner's got my back." I'm going forward. I'm going to the Intel Committee. I'm going to the New York Times, whatever the hell. And of course, it was inevitable that that would follow. I want to talk to the uh, lawyer about this, but I just want to get everyone's comment. You had a I comment? Jump, and I know Linda's going to want to follow up on this too. Go ahead. I want to say, there's, this is a great, it's a very important day, I guess we'll say, uh, milestone. But we need to keep in mind what is not being discussed, which is a great deal. And so we're talking about, you know, crash retrievals, fascinating, it's important, absolutely has been a red line up till now. Um, but we, uh, those of us who at least are in, engaged in this subject, know that there is a tremendous amount going on with the UFO UAP phenomenon. There are abductions, there are flyovers, hundreds, thousands every year around the world. There's a great amount of activity animal that is going on right now. And well, I want to get Desiree's comment about the revelation. And then I want to talk to Linda and sure. then the lawyer on the team here yes, who really um, will give us a kind of debrief on it. Well, I think what's important here, we're talking about whistleblowers, but what's really important, I think, is still to come is, as you said, when they have the non-disclosure where they can start coming out with this information and feel free to do it, and they can start disclosing, that that shift is going to allow witnesses to come forward. And more and more witnesses, I believe, from what I've been hearing, have been prepared to do this. They're just waiting for the right moment. I think that moment is coming. The other side to it is, of course, and here we're sitting in Southern California. There was in 2004, 2014, many Navy ships that had witnessed these things and also on the East Coast, both by Virginia and Florida, Georgia, many ships. There's Even Campeche, Mexico, 2004. So everything is potentially up for grabs. The bottom line is DOD, the acronym, 
Department of Defense is no longer G-O-D, God. <laughs> the seal has been broken. We're having a, a fantastic sense of breakthrough to reestablish a new cosmology, a new sociology, a new psychology of where we are in the universe. Definitely. So, Linda, you've dealt with whistleblowers over many years. What's going on now? Suddenly, there's this burst, and is it because of the NDA? And what do you see possible? Well, the first thing I thought this morning was Philip J. Corso who wrote the day after Roswell and worked in the Eisenhower administration. And he says and devotes paragraphs in the book to the internecine warfare in the Pentagon going back to the 1950s. We have internecine warfare in the Pentagon right now, right. perhaps the worst of all time. But what Corso suggested was that it in the implication was that there were wars that were going on inside over the issue of how much should be told the public or not. The irony is that today it hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. They're fighting internecine warfare in the Pentagon over the, all of these mm -hmm. questions. Mm -hmm. And today it felt like that we were finally getting something that was true in terms of one man's experience and that it has the feeling that this could go further. But yes. the same internecine warfare that was going on in the 50s and going on now, to me, the next question is going to be, will someone like Chris Mellon yeah. stand up to the plate and back what has occurred, sending signals to some people this is not a time now to fight us. This is a time to support us because if we don't start telling the truth, mm. the United States in its relationship to the people of the United States will continue to crumble. It's bad now. It's going to get a hell of a lot worse if they don't back this up with releasing more. Well, let's talk to the lawyer in the family here because it says in this article by Debrief, information by Gerst, he says, was illegally withheld from Congress. Who, first of all, Danny, is withholding information from Congress, and should that person or people be prosecuted for breaking the law? What it is, it's uh, apparently a violation of uh, certain rule, military rules of procurement. Mm -hmm. uh, that, they, that they were not filing adequate records of what they were spending money for and reporting to Congress. That's basically what... Who, who, who say who? But the, the problem is that you'd have to move to have Congress basically enforce that. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, I don't believe that there's a necessarily criminal prosecution available for that. Mm -hmm. But people can lose their security clearances and things like that. So the question is, what else is he referring to that might be criminal? Right, like harassment. Uh, and th th that's right. That's, yeah. that's, that's one of the things I believe that they're really worried about. And who they, is they believe harassing, though? Who's the other party? They, they were, they were uh, it was an Air Force program, there was a Defense Department program, CIA had a program. Richard knows a lot about this. There are documents that have been that have been extracted from them showing this conscious program that they had so of destroying people's lives. These government the laws of the government they're serving. And that's, that and that's, that's well, that's, you know, dog bites man. Okay. You know, uh, they, that's, the government people break rules all the time. You know, in this particular thing, the accusation that they're criminal uh, in nature, 
that you'd have to try to figure out what particular criminal laws that would be violating because uh, you can't sue the government, uh, you know, you can't sue the government for libel in slander because they, you know, they're immune, they have civil immunity. So the, the, the question of who you would sue, talk that's been going around is that you think in terms of some of the private corporations uh, that, that had access to the technology and were developing it uh, and that they might have security people. Uh, that are, are experienced military, uh, private security, intelligence type of people like that. Uh, that those, those are the kind of people you need to look for. And we've been at this for 50 years. I would add to yeah. that what you're saying. Uh, a lot of this uh, hinges after World War II, 45, and enters that Cold War period mm -hmm. of rivalry to get super weapons and super, uh, shall we say, technologies that could command the whole allegiance of the planetary humanity to one power so you can understand that there's a lot of things behind the scene that enter into the questions of was the government following a sane and sensible policy. Clearly there are vacuums within the chain of command that have to be corrected and I think astronaut Gordon Cooper, a great patriot who is an honor in space, has given us a blueprint of reconciliation if we admit our shortcomings and realize the opportunities of working with the cosmic others. So, yeah, but I also want to know what can we do now? What does Gersh do? What, as you a lawyer, what's mm -hmm. your case here? Well, that the the uh, Inspector General uh, for the uh, National Intelligence mm -hmm. has uh, referred has referred the complaint uh, that he filed. Mm -hmm. Uh, as in designating it, sending it to the Secretary of Defense as, uh, as uh, immediate, interesting word, immediate uh, danger uh, and sub basically substantiated. Mm -hmm. That this is a, a, a totally legitimate complaint uh, and he's reported it up. Now the question is what kind of enforcement mechanism and is going to be available. Yeah. And so the, this is going to come down to a lot of the people in the Senate Intelligence Committee and their staffs, you know, uh, and the relations that have been built up uh, with them by people who are involved in drafting the Senate bill. The Senate, the Senate bill, SB 4503, was just a, an ideal uh, statute, laid out 84 different things that they had to do, mm -hmm. uh, including telling us whether you've recovered any crash saucers and whether you've ever tried to do anything to not only back engineer the technology, have you ever done anything that was in fact designed to violate the rights of people who were trying to come forward? And it said it right in the legislation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, so we're, t I say we, we're all taking our guidance from the Senate uh, and that Senate bill, just, just like you were saying, that uh, Steve was saying, is that they laid out what it is that they wanted done as the senators. The House guys chipped away at it, cut stuff out, wouldn't give you the cause of action, et cetera. But the, the kind of clarion call was issued by the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, which, is, which basically is Rubio uh, and, and Warner, of course, and, and now uh, uh, Gillibrand. What's her, Gillibrand from, from, from New York. You know, and they've got 12 other senators who've signed letters complaining about not giving adequate money to, to, the, uh, to Arrow, et cetera. So there's, there's this more than just the, the internecine war going on that is going on inside the military about what they should reveal, et cetera. But now Congress has become engaged. 
you know, and uh, the, the question is why have they become engaged when we've been all upset about this for 75 years? What's happened that's caused it? And it was Lou Elizondo and Mellon that brought the videotapes yeah. to the New York Times. And it was the decision made by the board of editors of the New York Times to print the stuff. You know, so there's a, a whole kind of coalition of forces that are going on around the country, all coming together, that we all have to work together and bring forward as much pressure as we can uh, on the people in the Senate, uh, in, the, in the Senate body, and in the Senate Intelligence Committee, in the House Intelligence Committee, and have them do their job. They've, they've said it, the Senate has said it, now make them back it up. Now the, the House people may argue, well, we didn't go along with all that, and the House has tried to calm it down, and that's part of the, the legal deal we've got. You're supposed to obey the lowest common denominator, but my guess is if people start going directly to the Senate, and saying that, you know, I, I was going to go to Arrow and tell them, but I'm not sure I trust them. That was, that's what Mellon said. Mellon said, rightly or wrongly, the people that are involved in knowing this information uh, don't trust the leadership of well, Arrow, which is Sean Kirkpatrick. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the bottom line is, uh, how much pressure can the, the primarily the Senate Judiciary Committee put on and then the Senate and get the House to follow them to make these people come forward. It's a political, it's a political struggle now. And Congress is involved in it, which has to do with the separation of powers, and getting this information from the executive branch. The people have a lot to do with it. That's us, one of the other branches of the government, is how the thing functions, and the media. Uh, you know, we all we all know the condition of the media and the major cartels that have tried to get control of it. Right. But the bottom line is, this is one hell of a story. Yes. And the bottom the bottom the bottom line is, they 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 live on, thrive on, economically survive on good stories. Uh, and this is like trying to trying to avoid the Watergate burglary. Right. You know, you know, uh, or the assassination that, of the president. It's that big. You know, it's a well, good it's, story, it's, but where's, where's the media? Where's the rest of the media? Oh, I, I, I think I know where they are. You know where they are? Where are they? Right now, they're going to be in, working in all night. In the basement. All night. What in the world they're, they're The lights are on, yeah. ABC, NBC yeah. News. They're the looking lights all night. Are burning. What sources have you got? Yeah. What can we get in? Do we know yeah. somebody else? Read this, read that, read yeah. this legislation. I trust you. There is no way. And they got caught flat-footed. But there's another little point I want to make that's subtle, but it's important. It reflects the fact that there is a process going on that has certain protocols, which is designed to get us where we need to go. And here's, here's an example of that. It's about language. You'll notice it's not UFO. They use UAP. <laughs> not UFO, they use AP. They don't say extraterrestrial. It's non-human intelligence, yeah. right? Yep. All right. Uh, th this language is constantly being uh, uh, used to try to keep the stigma away, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's and it's succeeding. And there's and there's other examples of this. I was trying to think of one. It's kind of slipped my mind, but uh, 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 that's the point. That's the point I wanted to make. Well, that's the, a good point. the concept of ultra-terrestrial intelligence has yeah. come into discussion, which uh, really fits oh, into the model that the indigenous elders speak of uh, those yeah. who have graduated to higher cosmic areas and this uh, it reflects Danny's my passion for greater theology of balance and reconciliation and, and ecumenical approach of new science and spirituality. I just thought of the third point. It's really cool. They talk about crash vehicle, they talk about the technology, they talk about bodies, but they don't say Roswell. Right. Because you say well, Roswell, oh boy, that gets into the whole history and the the controversy. Like rug. So you don't yeah. say that, but we know obviously that's one of the crash vehicles and the bodies. We know that the public does it, so they're staying between the lines. Well, let me, yeah, because I want to ask Linda about her long career. Well, 
Well, there was a recent report, of course, uh, from the Director of National Intelligence, and it, it was interesting. They only went back to 2004 because they didn't want to go back to the cover-up all the way back to Roswell. But in addition to that, one of the reasons I think that they changed it from UFO, other than the whole stigma that's gone on since the 40s and 50s, to UAP is because it is a phenomenon that's very hard to define, and I think that that's another scenario. It doesn't seem that maybe these ships were only crashed vehicles. In some cases, if you listen to some of the reports, they were actually gifts to governments, and that's another thing to talk about. Well, not only that, they call it from objects to phenomena because this is a phenomenon. There's neurological, physiological, and psychological effects that can happen when you are involved with these crafts. So you just don't say they're objects. There's an interface, and it was released in the ATIP documents that came out of Mellon's office, human contact interface. So, but Linda, coming back to you, devoted your whole career to this moment in history, what's your initial response to these headlines today that are really earth-shattering? <laughs> Exhilaration this morning, reading the, those words and seeing that they were saying non-human origin. And that is the very first time, I think, that that has ever been stated so clearly. Yeah. And that we're at what seems to me it feels like a really important historic juncture. And the government is either going to support opening up more, which would then begin to diffuse some of the mistrust that I think everybody is feeling about the government. And they need to get on to a more credible ground to open up the extraterrestrials themselves, hopefully, to this planet. So right now, depending upon what happens in the next 72 hours, from my point of view, mm -hmm. if the New York Times does have headlines tomorrow or at the latest the next day, then it means that our most powerful arbiter in news mm -hmm. has seen enough to do a story. And I'm going to wager that it's going, it's to happen. going to happen. And I think that Christopher Mellon, with a background in defense, who knows that world, I think he has been the architect of this particular, mm. we'll say, play. He is the one who came up with everything, I think, including the person, the gush, uh -huh. who would speak. Let, let and me. right now, if other large Washington Post, New York Times, start doing articles, then it's okay for everybody else it to breaks, get in. The damn wall is broken. And this is what I feel is going to be the most important part. Mm. Will this week, are we going to see dominoes start to fall it in all these others? And if it does, I think we're going to have inertial energy we have not had before that might lead to really more, we're not alone in this universe, never have been, mm -hmm. and they might actually begin with Mellon's help mm -hmm. and others to start opening up substantially more secrets. Well, let me ask Sarah Sheehan, who's been following this, if you, do you want to comment, Sarah? Because you know, you've been behind the scenes with Danny as he's been fighting the good fight, as Richard says, and you've seen it all come down to this moment in time. What's your 
experience and what's, what's your feeling about this time? Um, my feeling is that this is important even beyond the UFO movement because of the way I see this is that in the shadows behind what we can see are powerful corporations that are economic forces driving a lot of what is happening. They fund people to get elected. So our politicians are, have been captured by the corporate community in many ways, particularly over the last hundred years. They are responsible, primarily responsible for climate change now. Uh, and, and, I mean, big oil has been just astonishingly heartless in, in, in not making the changes that need to be made to save all of us. And, um, and there's a tremendous frustration by a lot of the, the humanity about the brutal role that they play while they also provide goods and transportation and all kinds of things that we like. Um, but those forces are there. And they have been competing for money and power in the UFO arena because they want the technology. They want to be the next, you know, the next form of communication, the next form of transportation, the next form of energy, the next whatever. You know, they, they want it. Uh, and they want the power and the money that goes with that. They want to continue to control the planet so that they can get their get a hold of all the resources that they want to get a hold of everywhere. But, you know, the people elect mm. the, the leaders. So the leaders are caught in between, the money from the corporations and the votes from the people. And that's where the movement comes into play. Because we, with enough energy, enough education, enough mobilization on the ground, and there are already lots of people working on ground mobilization because of the Roe v. Wade overturn. They're going to overturn probably uh, affirmative action, you know, in terms of the Supreme Court. So people are like, oh. they're, they're organizing finally, not just online, but on the ground. And there is, our experience over the last 50 years is that at when the people start to move and the organizers get on the ground, new and wonderful things can happen. Mm -hmm. And doorways can open, things can happen that you can't even imagine. And, uh, and you can get a wind at your back from here or there. I don't know if these whistleblowers are totally true at heart, if they are totally, or if they have an agenda, or I don't care. They're playing an incredibly important role by coming out and, and blowing the whistle. Yeah, Richard. May I, I just want to add one thing. Sarah, I, I, one thing you said really, absolutely, well, everything you said was wonderful, but one thing that totally resonated was <laughs> the technology that is in the UAP, UFO phenomenon is valuable. And, sure. and um, the movement to open this subject up is very easily seen, I think, as a way, at least a, a lot of corporate players would love to be able, now they're at the point of exploiting this technology. So and there's got to be ways, we have to just be looking for how this is going to be monetized down the road. And, and I have a strong feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of the motivations for why this is happening now. And that is exactly what Gary Nolan talked about for an hour a week ago how he was going to try to facilitate where 
we were getting technologies from the UFO UAPs into new companies for money, mm -hmm. profit. So already, I think that's the language that a lot of people in Washington are saying, we're comfortable with that language. We don't have to say UFO. Yeah. Can, I, can I add here? Uh, hey, the business of America is business. <laughs> we are a capitalist country. And uh, mm -hmm. if it's possible for legal money to be made in, 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 in bringing tech and these things into our culture, as long as it's not excessive, as long as it's grotesque, then that's extraordinary. That's how technology spreads fast. It has to be, though, reasonable, and it has to be, it has to be done with some ethical concerns. I have no problem with money being made. Huge yeah, amounts of money it, are going to change hands post-disclosure. It doesn't have to be no, evil, but no. it does signify yeah. motivation. Most I of what, and I mean, I want, let, me, let me finish, let me finish. Yeah. Most, most of what we're, we take for granted now that we love comes from the money being generated in service to creating stuff. Now, there's one other thing I, I want to mention. And those that are wondering what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next. My area of, of concentration is media, journalism. Uh, has been forever. I'm a member of the journal of the National Press Club. Thirty years. I've law. I've I've linked 30, 13,000 articles on this subject in my website. Believe it or not, that many, and that's a fraction of the total amount of articles. There are three words that strike fear in the heart of the uh, heart of the strongest of the strong at the DoD, in the Congress, certain corporations. These three words, media. Feeding mm. frenzy. <laughs> now, some of you may not have experienced a media feeding frenzy. I have. I've experienced a couple of them. It's roughly the equivalent of 10 million locusts descending on your farm and not leaving a single plant left. All right. The, one of the best examples of it was the Monica Lewinsky, uh, Lewinsky matter mm. regarding Clinton. I was in Washington at the time. It was remarkable. The media were swarming across town like the locusts, right? Mostly in white vans with these little things on top, these dishes. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of them. I went downtown once when Monica was appearing at the courthouse downtown, which sits in a kind of circular thing that's big. And there were white vans completely lined up against the curb all the way around on both sides. It was remarkable. And everywhere she went, they swarmed. We see some of these things in the UK with the, with the, uh, the royalty and all that stuff. No, this is bigger than that. I, I predict you're about to see the next major feeding frenzy, media feeding frenzy of our time. It is going to be remarkable. Yes. Sarah, please. You, uh, oh, take that. Well, no, I was just, I was just going to say that our experience, and I'm not against business, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not a anti-capitalist, so to speak, but I'm, I'm very concerned about monopoly capitalism that is brutal. So, and our experience with it, it makes me think uh, that we have to ask some very serious questions here. Why has there been this incredible covert, covert process lying to the public, just like tobacco, big tobacco lied for years, yeah. big oil lying for years. Why has been there been this huge lying thing going on for a hundred years because around this topic? Um, Wait, and yeah. and what about the fact that they, that people in the covert component of this are saying this could be catastrophic if the American people find out all about this. What does that mean? Yeah, what does catastrophic that. mean? It means we and can't depend on oil anymore if these, uh, these 
ships are coming here, they're not filling up their gas tank. Well, maybe it's well, catastrophic but, for them. Yeah, for them, maybe not for it's, us. Maybe, right. it's, maybe it's also that there have been deaths in order to keep this quiet, that there that there have been deals yeah. made in, in that, that would, would horrify all of us in order to keep, in order to get access to, to the technology. What did we have to give up? to get access to maybe, the technology. Maybe Who knows? All we know is that the, the lack of ethical behavior by some of these big corporations is shocking. And they definitely are going to try to keep from us anything that's going to get in the way of their ongoing desire to control the technology. I, I agree with you. And the Chinese uh, Taoists say the bigger the front, the bigger the back. This lie has been 75 years in front. Maybe we are not even conceiving of what's behind that. Maybe, right. yes, it's technology, it's media, it's, it's government control, but it might be something much bigger, which might be an ET overlay or something. I'm just making this up, but it's big. This is the surface, guys. Yeah, yeah. We're going deep. We get on your There's gear, Steve. We're going under. I, I, I'm geared up. Jump in on this. Desiree and I are social scientists. We work with the indigenous. They are telling us we don't hear the cry of Mother Earth, and this is why the, the star nations are coming back. We see this over the Hopis, we see this over the Shivantis in mm -hmm. South America. This is a global story, so let's not it be captivated only by Capitol Hill. That's the problem sure. of the leadership. We have to see the global roadmap that's being opened up. Mm -hmm. And this is why right. I'm saying next to where Gary Nolan sits, there is the Stanford Research Institute, where my colleagues have worked. There is a plethora of scientific breakthroughs in all areas of new energy, new food, consciousness, communication, gravitational communication, et cetera, et cetera. We are at a brink of going forwards or backwards, greatly forward or backwards. We are at a time of a scientific renaissance, but we need sensibility and harmony if this is going to go forward. Right. Just to add to that, I think when we look at technology, we're thinking about the future technology that we can get from it. There's a good chance if we listen to Philip Corso, who in the 50s and 60s had information, even into the 70s and 80s, that this a lot of the technology we even have today actually came from extraterrestrials. So corporations have been making money already on back engineering from these spacecraft. So I think it's really important. There's such a complexity, not only that there's probably not one form of intelligence flying around, but many different types of intelligence, some of which are very positive, some of which maybe are not so positive. So it's complex. So Linda sees this planet as a uh, hotel. I see it as a schoolhouse. This event hopefully will lead to a graduation of humanity right. into the cosmic universe. We are at a break of fantastic breakthroughs, so we must not center ourselves around the vacuums of poor leadership. No, we are the leadership, the avant-garde of a new cosmology. This is important. That brings the heart and soul of all humanity. Well, thank you. I just want to say also, crash retrievals is not new to us. Bob Lazar talked about Eric Davis mentioned this in the New York Times. The big deal is that it's public, and he also mentioned bodies. These implications are huge, and let's roll out the bodies and the crash retrievals. That's the future possible. Sure. Responding to Dr. Hurtak, yeah. I, I, based on what I know, uh, if we get confirmation from the U.S. president, I mean, ultimately it goes to the president. I, I, they, they, they're, it's going to end up there. It has to. It's not the president's going to say, okay, whatever you want, I'm, I'm just stepping aside. No, no. The president will come in. He will confirm what maybe has already been confirmed. The moment that happens, I assure you, heads of state around the world are going to be following suit so fast because they don't want to be the fifth or the eighth or the ninth, and it will be a global confirmation very, very quickly. And the other thing I would like to point out quickly is this. 
monopolies and the creation of that kind of incestuous money and so forth. Mostly it's done in the back rooms, it's done behind the scenes, okay? Let me tell you, whatever tech we're talking about, whatever possibility it has, as it moves forward, 8 billion people are going to be watching everything. It's going to be very hard for them to play the same game that the robber barons of the 19th century played. I think we have an excellent chance to see this technology manifest in a way that serves people and is not exploited by the people that are already exploiting what we have now. I was going to say, let's just not totally count our chickens. This has not happened yet. And, uh, you know, our society and our species has a great way of, uh, you know, snatching failure from the jaws of victory. So uh, let's just, just wait and see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not expecting a presidential disclosure moment. That's just me. We'll see what happens. And I'm even still skeptical about the major media following up on this. I mean, they haven't done it yet. Maybe they're taking their time. Maybe they'll throw a little bit of cold water on it. Um, let's just wait. This, this might be a breakthrough. There's opportunity. And there's also opportunity for disappointment. So you're, uh, you know, it's you're, totally possible. That counting chickens thing, that's really good. I'm going to use well, that. Yeah, wrapping, I just thought of that. So to wrap up, Sarah, start with you. You say it's a people's movement. How would you also wrap well, it up? I, I would support also what Dr. Hertog said because, because what I said initially was I think this is bigger than the, than the UFO because if we can really have full disclosure on this and then come to grips with the solutions to it, as a humanity, not even just as a nation here mm -hmm. or there, but as a humanity, we could go into a completely positive new era. I agree. Thank you for that. Danny, how would you wrap this up, this historic moment? Uh, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess one of the pieces of, specific pieces of information I'm most interested in is, is the fact that, uh, that uh, Dave Grush is being represented by the attorney who was the former inspector general. Mm -hmm. uh, through whom the complaint was filed. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, yes. That's great yes, stuff. and you know, and that's who he is. Uh, and he has taken over the case, and he is he is going to be. He's filed the complaint. He's pushing on the inspector general's office there, uh, and is has gotten the inspector general, the current inspector general, to say that it's a credible, insupportable complaint already. You know, and and so that the question, as I said, is what's going to be done about that. Uh, you know, once once they know, he's he's obviously going to go testify to Arrow, mm -hmm. which he hasn't yet. He went around him, <laughs> went right straight to the that way went right straight to the Senate Intelligence Committee, but went right straight to the airwaves mm -hmm. and, and told people about does, it. Does this become a public hearing, or does this become public any day soon? Uh, public. No, the hearings. You heard what he said. He well, said, we, "I'm I'm appearing here today at great peril uh, uh, of my career, uh, which is you know his security clearance." which gets him jobs in the private sector. Uh, uh, and the, the bottom line is that if they take that away from him, uh, and he has to try to appeal it in some way because it's a retaliation against him, right. then the question is what's the enforcement mechanism for a violation of the statute? The federal statute prohibits them from it, but as you were pointing out, uh, uh, Steve, the House took that provision out. Yeah, but they could pass an amendment and put it back in anytime yes. they want to. That was yeah. a message, but that yeah. doesn't mean they can't still do it. That's right. Well, I mean, the, 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 the Senate could, make a, could introduce a bill to try to propose an amendment on that. And then the question is, do they have enough political power in the Senate to coerce the extreme different political ideology in the House of Representatives you know, to do anything? 
except for the fact that Rubio is on their side. Rubio is the one that's pushing this primarily, and it's not, it's not that partisan. It's not partisan. That's, that's one of the great things about this thing. That neither Same. Republicans or Democrats know whether to shit or steal third base. You know, right now they're they're faced <laughs> with this kind of set of revelations, and they don't know how to politically calculate it right now. Mm -hmm. It's politically it's a, safe. It's a highly populist uh, thing to support it, mm -hmm. uh, and if the if a large part of the populist movement in the country now is is to the right of center, uh, you know, and that the progressives are extremely. Uh, this has been a long uh, push issue with the progressive community. The thing with UFOs and stuff. This could be a coalition where lots of politicians see it to their personal advantage to support this. Mm -hmm. Well, <coughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. <coughs> okay, I'll go one step. I'll go one step further. Yeah. If you look at everything that's going on and all the people involved, I'm seeing something that I expected, and you can watch for more of this. <coughs> you're going to be, you're going to see more and more people in Congress and staffers, and maybe over the DoD, maybe at Arrow literally competing with each other to see he, who, he, who can get out further in front of this issue, who can get out tr more truth. They're going to be competing. Maybe media to too. More truthful than the other, right? Mm -hmm. Because once it goes that way, that's the game, right? Mm -hmm. It used to be who can keep the biggest secrets. Now, who can tell them the fastest? That's You're literally going to see that. Which it's is idealistic, though. That's ball game. Well, is it politics, though? But it happens. <laughs> it happens. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Well, Watch. Let's see. I'm hoping it does happen. It's a kind of idealistic. Go ahead. Linda, how do you wrap it up and how does this I'm affect your I future? I was asked today by somebody in the audience where I was speaking, Linda, why would the government work so hard to keep this such a secret since World War II? What is the reason? So I'm going to just lay out there as another pawn in the chess game a quote given to me by a, a man who worked for the Defense Intelligence Agency, retired in 1999, and in a very long prepared meeting, he said, you must remember as we go forward in time, World War II was an extraterrestrial war fought through human bodies. And as each year has gone by since he said that to me in 1999, more and more is evolving that I personally think that is the bigger picture that we are going to confront and explains why political systems made talking about any of this so dangerous. Well, that's huge. That's a whole other level. Richard, how would you sum up today and where you think we're going? Well, it was an, a, a significant day, uh, a shocking day, I think very surprising to everyone. And um, again, as I said earlier, one that I personally had not expected. Yeah. I, I will just freely admit that. And I think we're, you know, as Linda said earlier, this is a week that is going to be a decisive week potentially. Like, you can see there's a battle that's been going on both within the national security state and and perhaps we'll see how it plays out within the media, which you know, it's pretty much a branch of that mm -hmm. very, that establishment state. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this is covered in the, the larger media and uh, seeing how this, this factional war plays out. We shall see. Well, thank you for all your work, all of you. Steve, any final words from you 
I mean, are sure. there never any final words ever? <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, the most on, loquacious no. person no, no, in no. this field. Go ahead. Come on. No. Uh, look, it's, it, look this, this has been an activist chess game being played for 75 years between the people and the government. We're in the end game, the final moves. Some of these moves are going to be rather spectacular. We had one today. But the game is not over until the king is turned over, and that is disclosure with a capital D. We're not there yet, but we're very close. Beautiful. Right. I agree. Dr. Hurtuck, what's your I have talked to many government leaders over 50 years, and there's a backstory that's close to what Linda just said. There is a desire for consciousness understanding and expansion, but that goes with ethics, discernment, and wisdom. I think we're at a point where this can be a tremendous beginning of a renaissance leading to space law, space civilization, and our maturity to become cosmic citizens after all the smoke, all the divisions have come and gone. So let's look positively to the future with, with the expression in the ancient Latin, ecce homo, behold mm -hmm. the cosmic Christ. Behold the higher path. Right, so we've been waiting 75 years for the release of this information. You know, 2017 with Lou Elizondo was one part. This is clearly the next step up the great precipice before everything really comes forth. Let's hope this is the last step, but maybe there can be whole shiploads of Navy personnel that can lay claim and bear witness to what they had seen and what they know. And also, of course, with the Air Force, we're just waiting for that. The world is waiting. And in addition to that, I think it's time to give actually David Grus. Grish, the uh, kudos for what he did today to give him all of our support because that's extremely important that he has the feel of the people behind him in what he is doing in his release because as it, it was said, he may have totaled his career in everything that he's done and worked in the past. He's only 36 years old. He's been in Afghanistan. He's represented the United States in many things. And also he worked for the UAP task force when he realized they weren't giving, being given sufficient information. So let's give him a hand mm -hmm. and a support. Thanks. I just want to say thank you all. All the work you've done over all the years, this is where it's paying off. We've pushed government and media and people forward to get to this point here at Contact in the Desert where 2,500 people just gathered for this very moment. And it's not just about media or politicians, it's about us. It's a people's movement. So not to quote an old cliche, but when you see something, say something. If you've seen something in the sky, tell people. If you've had a visit or a dream or an experience, this is time to come forward. This is where you know, you're clear that it, it's been clear that something else is going on. There is non-human intelligence visiting this planet. That's been stated in the paper. So there's more and more sightings happening. There's more and more visitation. People are having experience. The modality of reality is changing. And this is the beginning of a new time. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Alan Steinfeld with Desiree, JJ Hurtock, Steve Bassett, Richard Doan, Linda Muldoon Howe, um, Danny and Sarah Sheehan, and everyone else here at Contact in the Desert. Thanks for watching. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 